Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Soon, America's largest city is going to pay for the nastiness of its inhabitants. When the slime starts to rise. The Titanic just arrived. When ghosts start arriving by the boatload. Who are you going to call? Second the guts, guys, with the Ghostbusters. Hold on. Who's going to call? Ghostbusters! Ghostbusters, too. You're short. Your belly button sticks out too far. And you're a terrible burden on your poor mother. You're seeing things running through Bill your head. Dan Aykroyd. Sigourney Weaver, Harold Ramis, Rick Moranis, and Ernie Hudson in an Ivan Reitman film. Ghostbusters 2. You're the best, you're the beautiful, you're the only Ghostbusters. Oh, who you gonna call? Ghostbusters! When there's something strange in your neighborhood, who you gonna call? Well, how about the exact same script from the first film? Yes, it's Ghostbusters 2, and joining me to read from his big book of occults is Rob Gilroy. Hello. Hello, Rob. It's an absolute pleasure having you on board. It's delightful to be here. I'm very happy to be talking about Ghostbusters 2, The Secret of the Ooze. Because you picked this. I did. I picked this because I am a big fan of this, and I know you are... Not a big um, fan of this. <laughs> no, it's difficult. I've got a very complicated relationship with this film, which we'll get into as we progress. But yeah, I'm not. I, I, I'm more annoyed with it. I'm disappointed with it. Yeah, I can see that. I can see why people feel that. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, it will always have a special place in my heart. It's just, it's, I mean, I mean, this is actually good that you've picked this because from an SEO point of view, because I think <laughs> the new film's out soon. Mm. So this yeah. this will get us some traction. Yeah, I can't say that my testing films is good, but I can say that it is optimized. What did you think of Ghostbusters twenty sixteen? I had a lot of time for it. I know a lot of people did, and I really mm. enjoyed it because because they, they talked about making a third Ghostbusters for a long time. Yeah, and like it, Ghostbusters hit me at just the right time of being a kid, mm. and it just being like a fun sort of superhero thing but mm-hmm. a little bit more a little bit naffer which I really like the fact that they're effectively glorified plumbers mm-hmm. like I really like that feel of it yeah um so it was it's the perfect thing for me so I was always excited about the thought of doing a third one but then there was all this talk of like well we'll get Ben Stiller to be in it and we'll mm-hmm. hand over to Will Ferrell and Eddie Murphy and it just felt like a very 
obvious transition. Mm. But then suddenly when Paul Feig was announced and the cast were announced with Kristen Wiig and um, Melissa McCarthy, I I didn't know what that Ghostbusters was, so I was open to that. And I enjoyed it. And I get that it's not a perfect film, Mm. but it kind of did everything it needed to do for me for a Ghostbusters film. I think it would have been great if it had a director. Uh, yeah I think yeah. if they had someone who would step in after the 78th improv and gone you know what just yeah. one's fine just yeah. one fine I, I do I do agree with that and I do love Paul Feig and his films but I would say it's lacking some of the control of some of the other films which just are a bit tighter I, so, I, yeah. I, I was wondering if Paul Feig got into a DIY accident and chopped off <laughs> one of his fingers right and then he got a pretend one. Would the headline be Paul Feig's faux thumb? <laughs> well, if it wasn't, then it's clear that journalism is dead. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think we should go with that. Um, I, I would absolutely go with that. So what they did then is they um, Dan Aykroyd went on um, Saturday Breakfast, whoever it was, and went, Paul mm. Feig's a cunt. We're going to make a new one. He spent too much money. <laughs> And they went yeah. and made Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah, they did. Like, I yeah, I have more issues with Ghostbusters Afterlife. Mm. I enjoyed it for the most part until they literally started grave robbing to populate the cast. Yes, that I'm, sits very uneasy with me. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very upsetting. And um, also, one of the characters is called Podcast, <laughs> which I can never <laughs> yeah, stop being amused by. <laughs> that's absolutely a, a draft one idea absolutely like, yeah, we'll just we'll call him podcast and trust me by the time we get to filming we'll have nailed what that is but yeah. this is the sort of feel we've got. yeah no they didn't they just they ran with it podcast because Pod- uh, <laughs> I, I bet they thought well we're getting ivan reitman's son to direct this which is good because yeah. ivan reitman is always on set watching things all the time so we might as well get his son yeah. Um, and we'll we'll keep pretending we've got this thing called Ghost Core. Yeah, uh, which, yeah. Which is with the worst logo in the world. The worst like, logo. It's just. It's almost as good. bad as when they brought they brought Ghostbusters out on Blu-ray and had the Ghostbusters logo doing a one symbol. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, when I rewatched Ghostbusters two, I had I, I had that. Blu-ray because I've not had it on Blu-ray, so I got that, mm. and I knew that you hated that, and I am with you completely. I, find like, it very I know upsetting. you don't like the Ghostbusters two logo, do you? Well, I don't mind it in terms of a poster, but we'll get into this. I don't understand why it's on the uniform yeah, okay. of the film. It doesn't make any sense. No, I get that. I get yeah. that. But yeah, the idea of him holding two fingers up and then another finger on another hand, yeah. almost as if he's giving cricket scores, yes. is very weird. Yeah, yeah. He's it's saying, bizarre. "Hello, I'm Ghostbusters one." You don't need to do that. You're Ghostbusters. <laughs> Have some, have some confidence in yourself. <laughs> well, as long as we all agree to call it Ghostbusters 1, yeah. then I think it's fine. <laughs> it, remind, it always reminds me of the rage I felt once when I was in a blockbuster and a kid was in there and he picked up a copy of Alien and he said to his friend or his brother, have you seen this? And he said, what is it? And he said, it's Aliens 1. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was, I just, I wanted, it was almost like one of those let me add in moments. What are you doing? Yeah, what are you I can doing? see that. Have you seen this? It's the alien. The alien. <laughs> Aliens one. <laughs> Aliens one. <laughs> th- oh, anyway. Uh, anyway, so Ghostbusters two then. Yes. It's five it. years later. Boom. Boom. Yeah, it's, it's impactful. Yeah. Impactful. And New York is full of angry people. Hey, get out of my way, buddy! I'm a walking <laughs> here. That's all. Sort of I like, but 
I like that the the overall premise for this story is going. You know how New York is universally considered a hellhole full of cunts. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a reason for that. Yeah, and this is what it is. It's like yeah. I I enjoy that as a as a premise. Yeah, I think again. I mean, this is what we're going to get into later. But I think in terms of the idea and the villain, we've mm-hmm. got that boxed off. Brilliant. Well yeah. done, everybody. But then what yeah. they've done is they've gone. We're going to get. It's like they're writing for Little Britain. They've gone right. We're going to get the first script. Everything's in yeah. the same place, and we're just going to put different words there. Yeah, because it's like, beat, I'm not the beat a remake of the first one. It is. It, mm. it is, and I can't deny that. And I like nostalgia-wise, I think I quite enjoy that now because there is there's a sort of real Ghostbusters Saturday morning cartoon vibe about every episode feeling a little bit similar. Yeah, so I don't mind it now, but I don't understand quite how they've set out to write a new film and just written the first one again. Mm. I don't yeah. know how that's happened. Because they often used to do that in sequels. They'd go, it's like the, the Rocky Five principle where you've gone, isn't it brilliant being this thing? And then for the sequel, they've gone, let's take that all away and build yeah. it up again. And it's like, no, we don't want that. We, we, we're enjoying this thing. It's like yeah. Spider-Man 2. He's like, oh, I haven't got my powers anymore. Well, I don't want to fucking watch you then. What's the point? <laughs> Do you know what people want? More origin. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I always find that. Yeah. Uh, so, so Dana's walking her baby. Where where the babies come from, we find out later. But Dana has now got a baby. For sure. Yeah. Now this this is my theory. My secret theory is, but I don't think Sigourney Weaver was going to be in this. Ooh. I think my my theory, and I've got nothing to back this up, and I'm probably wrong, but I think that this was going to be somebody else, and then at the last minute, Sigourney Weaver said she'd do it because. Dana's in this is restoring paintings at a museum. And in the first yeah. film, she's a cellist. Yeah, with transferable skills. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's got a baby. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. It just feels like it's a different character that's been custom modeled yeah. to be Dana now. I don't yeah, know. I, I could be wrong. I can absolutely see that. Because part of me wondered if the uh, original idea was that it was Vaitman's baby. Uh. And then they sort of decided it was a bit too long since the first one and they had to retrofit it but yeah really they just wanted they wanted to have a baby and they wanted it to be in a museum it didn't really matter whether it was Dana or not yes exactly I think maybe Orv Eggman had really slow sperm (laughs) really slow Bill Murray faced sperm yeah well it's probably pink and it's probably creeping through the cracks in the the pavement as well which is that's why it takes so long that's definitely Dan Aykroyd's sperm (laughs) Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The pram goes through this ooze that comes through a crack in the ground. Yeah. And then evil races pram. off evil pram on its own. Yeah. With baby Oscar in it, who's play, yeah. played by two two kids. That's, yeah. Not standing on the shoulders of one another. They just take turns. <laughs> Not too it tiny would be great if, yeah. if they had the trench coat and the fedora <laughs> throughout the whole thing. Tragically, though, one of them is now dead. Yes, yeah, I did hear yeah. that. That was very sad. That is very yeah. sad. Yeah. But bold to to lead a film with the potential death of a baby. Well, exactly. Especially one that was trying to be a little bit more kid-centric. I mean, they might have just let Vigo possess him. He might still be alive now. <laughs> well, potentially, potentially. Potentially. So the pram goes mad, goes into the road. Dana saves the baby because it just stops. Yep. Uh, all the while, she's surrounded by people going, "Hey, I want a coffee. Get out of my way." That sort of yeah, thing. they're they're really nailing that thing that New Yorkers don't care about a baby in peril. That's right. What's this fucking baby doing here? It's a skunk pussy baby. 
<laughs> Robert De Niro there. Nail it, nail it. Oh. So then we get the opening credits with the original, yeah. the original music. Yeah, and that's another Which thing is, missing from this film. It is. It's yeah. It could be there more. Um, we'll go on to Run DMC, but unsurprisingly, mm. I am a fan. But I oh. definitely found that that was what was missing with Afterlife. Yeah. Any sense of like enjoyment was s- squeezed from it. Yeah. Well, I got to be honest. This this film came out when I was twelve. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had the soundtrack because in those days I would buy the soundtrack of the film. Yeah. And I had the soundtrack and I would play it a lot while I was playing the game Chase HQ. Nice. nice. Very married in my mind. And I liked the soundtrack. I ain't got, I haven't got any problems with the songs in this film. It's the actual mm. soundtrack itself. Like the first film's got a very specific uh, soundtrack by Elmer Bernstein. Mm. It's just really, really good. And in this yeah. film, it's a bit chintzy and keyboardy and. Randy yeah, Edelman. It's a, yeah, it's a bit Randy Edelman. It is, yeah, yeah. It's just, there's an odd thing going on where it's like some of the score leans a bit, maybe a bit darker than the first one did, hmm. and then other bits go as far the other way as possible. Yes, and it's saccharine and like you're watching a very poor rom com that you didn't sign up for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I bought the single as well, the Bobby Brown single Classic. on your own. I Sorry. live on your own. It's great. Yeah, yeah there's nothing wrong with that. So um, Dana, so th- then we go to um, Ray and Winston yeah. in the car, and you're meant to be thinking they're on the way to a to bust a ghost. Yeah. And they're but like, they're not oh, busting ghosts. And they're not. It's a children's yeah. party. They're dealing with little pricks. What a fucking drop. This is like um, Colin Pill- Pillinger, who, who was doing Beagle 2. <laughs> Wanking businessman off when it failed. <laughs> this is what, I, what the drop is here because they they saved the city and they've got this bullshit plot that no one believes they saved the city, even though a hundred foot marshmallow man walked through the city. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, if it was set in modern day, the idea that a bunch of politicians would turn around and go, "That didn't happen," yeah, sure, would would be very apt. But yeah, the idea that collectively the whole city has agreed that. Whatever happened didn't really happen, yeah. and these were the people to blame. Is yeah. Walter Peck goes on telly and says, They all came on me. <laughs> That's what yeah. happened. Yeah, oh. I've been covering these guys' spunk. Trust me when I tell you that they're not real. Yeah, busting made them feel good, I tell you that. <laughs> all over my head. Yeah, busting it up, did it. <laughs> so, so we get our first cameo here, which is Jason Reitman as a boy. Yeah. He says, My dad thinks you're full of crap. And that's why you went out of business. And I was like, yeah, well, you nearly did that yourself when you made the other film, didn't you? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he's held on to that grudge against Ghostbusters for a long time. He has. Now, uh, put yourself back to 1989. How old were you in 1989, Rob? I was uh, was two years old. Two. Okay, well, never mind. 1989, (laughs) I can assure you, if you were at a kid's party and they said, who are you going to call? The kids would not say He-Man. No. He-Man was long gone by 1989. Yeah, long gone. It, it really feels dated. Does that reference? I don't. It feels like a man in his late forties has written a film <laughs> about children and gone. What are kids like? Hey, man, I think. He, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's exactly. And it, even when I was a kid, when I was watching this, because we taped it off um, TV, mm. so I think I saw this when I was younger a lot more than I'd seen the first one. Yeah, because it was slightly softer. It is. Um, it is. Yeah. But I remember thinking at the time, like He Man is. 
I'm, I called bullshit on that. Yeah. No, no one is waiting for He-Man to walk into a room. The He-Man film came out two years before this, and no one went to see it because it, it, it was <laughs> long dead. But I think yeah. even Transformers was dead at this point. In fact, the kids would probably be saying the real Ghostbusters. We want them. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's the problem. He'd have you to know. come in. He'd have to come in with his hair brown and be voiced by uh, the man who voiced uh, Fred from Scooby Doo. Yeah, and Winston absolutely. would have to be Arsenio Hall, who did. He the would, costume. and it, I mean, bless him for shaving his moustache to try and hmm. draw comparisons. Well, this is what they've work. done in this film, isn't it? They've they've tried to real Ghostbuster it a bit. Yes, and I think, like I say, as I got older, that is the the element of it that I enjoy. That hmm. it just feels like we're dipping in for another adventure and then we're dipping back out again. Yeah. But yeah, it's hard to explain some of the choices that they've made and going so hard in on trying to make real people like a cartoon. Well, after the party, because all the kids despise them. Yeah. And again, what, what are the parents thinking? All week, that kid, Jason Reitman's gone, you know what, I bloody love He-Man. She's gone, well, you know what, I'm going to get the Ghostbusters, because they're cheaper. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't even make sense, really, when I think about it in the logic of the film. Everyone has collectively agreed that they were hucksters. Yeah. And yet, a mother is still willing to pay these men in boiler suits to turn up at her house because she thinks the kids will be impressed. Who would you have wanted at your kids' party when you were a kid? What was your thing? <laughs> I um, I would have wanted... Well, yeah, if I couldn't have the real Ghostbusters, yeah. then I would absolutely... I would have gone mental for Mr Blobby. Which, right. Yeah. Imagine if all week you're thinking, I'm having a party of the weekend, Mr Blobby's coming, and fucking Yuri Geller turns up. <laughs> Would you like me to bend your spoon? <laughs> Get out. My dad says you're full yeah. of crap. <laughs> and he'd be right. He'd be yeah. right to say. <laughs> um, I mean, the only reason yeah, you'd yeah. want him there is potentially he might bring Michael Jackson. Well, yeah, that would that would be true. And that I'd, <laughs> wouldn't necessarily be the blessing that you thought it was. No, no. If anything, you're getting the cat amongst the pigeons, aren't you there, really? Absolutely. But do you think Yuri would bring his own spoons? She's like, no. look, the contract says I'll do 15 spoons. If you want 18 spoons, you've got to provide your own spoons. I, it's been my I, rider. I feel like you would. Yeah. <laughs> I remember reading. That's a, my rider. I read a story about Yuri Geller once and I couldn't believe the man. Um, do you know the story of Susie Lamplu? <laughs> she uh, was she was an estate agent. She went to show someone a house, disappeared, feared murdered. Parents going out of their mind. Never been found, ever been found, right? So mm. Yuri Geller came round offered to help them find her. And it said in the story that he was no help, but at the end of the session, offered to bend some cutlery for them. I mean, that's awful, but that that's glorious. It's if you have so- one, one overriding characteristic that you can wheel out whenever things get bad. It's like Ron Jeremy going, I'm sorry I've been no help, but I can get a boner and come any time I want. Would you like me to do that now? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. So they get paid from the party and they go off. And then with a little bout of exposition in the car, Ray mentions that they, or Winston mentions they were sued for property damage for blowing up that building. Landlords for you. Presumably the street as well, where everybody witnessed the street literally open up and cars fall into it. The the, the yeah. uh, Bishop of New York, I guess that's what he was, tells the mayor in that <laughs> film that he was talking to a dead man for hours. Okay, so the Ghostbusters did that as well, I guess. 
Presumably, yeah. Um, and so they're out of business and they're not allowed to investigate anything for years, apparently. Yes, that's true. I, I do kind of like the... It feeds into that thing that they're always a slight underdog, which I enjoy. Mm. But yeah, there's a lot of like having to reset the stakes again, which I suppose every sequel has to deal with. But yeah, it's... For, for a film that hits the ground running fairly quickly in terms of, look, potentially dead kid, pink slime, oh. Sigourney Weaver's back, like yeah. it then takes a bit of a while for the actual ghostbustering to happen. I just think kids' parties are wrong. If you're listening, Dan Aykroyd, kids' party, wrong move. You should have been like doing a public appearance on TV and been humiliated or something like that. Kids' yeah. party. Oh, you know, maybe they were, you know, maybe it was a Hindu. They just turned yeah. up as strippers. That would oh. have been... <laughs> <laughs> the, the sight of the naked Dan Aykroyd apart from the proton pack wobbling about on stage with his little knob out <laughs> to, to Ghostbusters, but a karaoke version with no singing. Oh. Yeah, that, oh, that's what it should have been. That's yeah. It, Ellie Hudson could have recreated that famous picture of me at a convention where he's bumming himself, but he'd be bumming, <laughs> bumming Dan Aykroyd instead. Yeah, it should have been much bleaker. They should have been yeah. clearly on their ass end. Come on, guys. Give me fifty dollars and I'll I'll do whatever you want. That being boogie nights, like I want, I want to watch race dance jerk off. <laughs> kids, you want some exoplasm? I don't know why it's kids at, uh, when they're strippers now. Not kids, I'm sorry, not kids. No disclaimer now. Hey, doll face, you want to see some ectoplasm? That'll be it. <laughs> Dogs and cats living together. That's what I call my <laughs> cock and balls. <laughs> Meanwhile, Egon Spengler <laughs> is running some sort of torture. Lab where he's playing with the emotions of children and adults. Yeah, it's like a privatized Beatles about. It is. So yeah. he's he's getting proper funding to, to to fuck people up. Yeah. Um. Well, at least you know. At least it's it's consistent with his character. I feel like that's the bit that Harold Ramis wrote. Yeah. He's gone. I'd yeah. be, I'd still be a side. The Dan Aykroyd's gone. Well, I've written a bit for me and Winston where we're doing children's parties. What are you doing, Harold? <laughs> and he's gone. I'm still a scientist because that's what we are. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't we have yeah. gone back and been scientists again? No. Oh no, you're running a fucking bookshop and smoking a pipe, you prick. <laughs> yeah, with um, with glasses with a glasses chain, Ugh. which just cements the the look. Fucking Sue Pollard bitch running around New York. Um, so, um, <laughs> yeah, so Egon's running this experiment, and um, Dana comes to see him mm. and tells him all about what's happened, and he says, "Well, I'll look into that for you," but she says, yeah. "Do me a favor, don't tell Peter." And then she asks about Peter, and she says they uh, uh, they lost touch with Peter, and then she got married and had a baby. And when you're watching that in the cold light of 2024 as a grown-up, and you're like, this is really clunky exposition, this scene. It's like, they've done that thing where they try to distract you with visuals while someone just yeah. dumps loads of exposition. And when you're, yes. a kid, when you're a 12-year-old, you're watching the visuals going, I'm not listening to what she's saying. Yeah. But as a 47-year-old man... Yeah, bring out the puppy. As a 46-year-old man, I'm sitting there going... God, this is really bad. Like, oh. Yeah. Anyway. And so, I'm also thinking like five years to meet somebody, get married, have a baby, and then split up yeah. feels like a busy time. It like does. Dana's been through enough. The last thing she needs is to, to welcome that prick back into her life. Well, I'm, I'm guessing at some point that lost husband will probably appear in one of the Ghostbusters sequels because they're that, they're that bankrupt for ideas. They'll probably turn up as a ghost. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be in the trailer as a voice that's yeah. talking over it. Hello, I never liked yeah. those Ghostbusters. Yeah. And then it cuts to a man you've never seen in your life and that you're supposed to feel 
something for. It'll be like that Star Trek sequel where Billy the Comeback goes, I am Khan. And everyone in the <laughs> universe is like, I don't know you are. Yeah. 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 Oh, you haven't been in these yeah. ones. Um, <clears throat> so they go to Ray's bookshop. And Ray's... Ray's a cult. Ray's a cult. He sure is. Which I, I really love that. Hmm. <laughs> oh, no, really first, before they go there, sorry, Peter's doing his show World of the Psychic, which is a good, yes. good bit of um, Bill Murray doing a bit of foolishness, which is always fun. Yes, I really enjoy this bit. I think, despite the BBC snooker backdrop and <laughs> yeah. John Virgo in the wings dusting his cue, I am, um, yeah. <laughs> you can't see him. I really, like I really, that, yeah. You can't, but it's implied. Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah, I really enjoy this bit. And I think, because um, I, when I was watching it, I was like, I realised I don't know who that actress is that's playing Elaine. Mm. And I had to look her up and I didn't really recognise her from much that else I'd seen, but she's brilliant. Yeah, she's Chloe uh, Webb. It's Chloe Webb. Yeah, yeah she's she, fantastic. I knew her from, uh, she was Nancy in the Sid and Nancy film. But she's also oh, uh, Danny DeVito's girlfriend in Twins. Oh, which is the same is. director oh, as God, this yeah. film. Yeah. Yes. But yeah. Th- these so are two this... good bits because you get Kevin Dunn saying that um, the end of yeah. the world will be New Year's Eve. Ah, oh, he was right, wasn't he? Nearly. Uh, no, that's a nice little bit of foreshadowing for you. Good bit of foreshadowing. And then Elaine has another bit of foreshadowing. Because she says the end of the world will be 2016, which is when the Lady Ghostbusters film came out. <laughs> and, and all the men died. All the men who like Ghostbusters were like, I've died, I'm not watching that. And that She's man right, from yeah. Cinemassacre, video, angry video game man, was like, I'm not reviewing it because it's got women in it. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it would have been better if many people had been wiped from yeah. the planet at that point. It was a really unpleasant period to be on the internet. Yeah. But yeah. also when Afterlife was announced, there was a real, like, huh, about time that they're yes. getting things back on track. It's just really a horrible... Yeah. For something that I love very dearly as mm. a as an entity, like, there's so much horribleness around it, which is just not nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, as a, as a template and as a principle, there's nothing wrong with the 2016 film. I just think it's a really bad film. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I fall on it um, that's fair that's yeah. fair um, um, anyway we're not here to talk about that um, so yeah she, she's got a nice story about um, an alien seducing a in, in a, the Ramadarin in a Ramadarin yes yeah, made the spaceship yes. look like a Ramadarin <laughs> it's good it's good stuff this it's great and yeah. she did, she does it so well in that way that she's starting to not believe herself when yeah. she's talking it's just all really good uh, and then as he leaves yeah. the studio the mayor Comes walking in and doesn't want to be seen with Peter because he's an embarrassment. Lenny. What's he like? Lenny. And then we meet the assistant Hardemeyer. Yeah. Walter Peck 2.0. Yeah, exactly. The same script we're doing again. Um, yeah. But I love this actor. He's always very good. Yeah, Kurt Fuller is. Yeah. yeah Kurt he's the right level of sleaze that it yeah. feels slightly different to before. But yeah, fundamentally, it's exactly the same. He's in a weird, weird way. He's playing a horrible character in this, but he will always be redeemed for me, for me, for the character he plays in Wayne's World, which I adore. Because <laughs> he just he gets involved and gets in the spirit with everybody, and I love him for that. Anyway, <clears throat> I thought you were going to say he redeems himself at the end when he's hugging everybody in Times Square and singing along to Old Lang Syne for the gospel. Too fucking late. It's too late. <laughs> he didn't get covered in spunk, did he? Well, he might have done that off camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was a, it was a hectic time. Everyone was happy. Everyone yeah. was high on their own supply. They were, 1989. Um, <laughs> so then Dana 
Um, we see her working in a, in a museum restoring art. Yes. And we meet Janosh. Janosh Poha. Peter Which, McNichol. Uh, now, I think how much you enjoy this film rests probably on how much you enjoy his performance. Yes. I think he's great. And, yeah. Mm. I really, I love him. He's absolutely just, brilliant. Just the right level of weirdness. Yeah. I mean, uh, he's always that, good. Yeah. He's actually the, one of the best things in that Mel Brooks film, Dracula Dead and Loving It. Uh, yes, he, he plays is, Renfield he's amazing in that. In that. Yeah. That's, he's absolutely fantastic. When he eats that cockroach and Harvey Corbin's like, did you just eat... What? <laughs> he's got that leg coming out of his mouth. Did you just <laughs> eat a bug? I did not. <laughs> I love that scene. I, love, I mean, I do. It's I've in got your a... mouth fighting for its life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just... Brilliant. Brilliant. He, he's wonderful and he has some great lines in this like when they say to him where are you from and he goes the upper west side the upper west side yeah <laughs> I love it oh he's soft so good mm. but also one thing I would like to call out is um, Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd's ability to, to name characters yeah is kind of second to none there's no one that gets that level of specific weirdness yeah and also I would say that him being in this removes the need for Lewis Tully in this film because he's basically being Lewis Tully. Yeah. He's I Lewis don't... Tully Port. He's, he's doing the same role. He's <laughs> creeping Dana out constantly. Yeah. While being it's... eccentric. Yes, it's exactly that. And I'd not really thought of it in those terms until I rewatched it for this. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, of course he is. He's just Lewis Tully. Yeah, they've but just copied they the also... film. Yeah. yeah, but then they find a reason to bring Lewis Tully back in. Which, which is him getting wanked off, which we'll get to later. Can't wait for that. Yeah, yeah. let's not spoil that yet. No, God, we don't want to spoil that. Um, so then the painting... We'll to his river of slime. Oh, yeah, no. He was very cross and then he was happy. <laughs> um, the painting moves at this it point. Do- yeah. It does. Doing what I like to call golden eye head. Yes. Like the N64. Mm-hmm. Just peeping out. I like the way that it, it would turn out. I'd like the, the plot to be that it turned out that it wasn't Viggo the Carpathian. It's just that someone painted their favourite character in Die Hard. Because <laughs> the guy who plays Vigo is one of the terrorists in Die Hard. It's true. But when mm. I was watching it this time, I couldn't get Craig T. Nelson out of my head. Oh, so God, now he he's does. just mm. evil Craig T. Nelson. Mm. He's also the guy in the mouth of madness whose son gets killed. Um Yes. I haven't I haven't seen that, but I will take your word for it. Yeah, he just looks... He's a weird guy. Um, I think he's German. <laughs> uh, so, <clears throat> Ray and Egon, uh, they meet up at Ray's occult bookshop. There's a cult, yeah. Yeah, they're doing some research, and then Peter arrives, and Peter's books come in, which is Magical Paths to Fortune and Power. Yeah. And that's, that's the one, that's the great book. I don't think Peter would buy that. Well... I think Venkman's far too confident to buy things like that, you know? Yeah, it's kind of... Yeah, it's a very on-the-nose point. This I is... mean, if it was made mm. today, then it would probably be written by Stephen Bartlett. Oh, yeah. So there's yeah. a there's a very high likelihood that people would buy that book. But, yeah, Peter's not... Well, I was watching it, and I thought, he wouldn't buy that book, or mm. potentially he would buy it, but he wouldn't read it. Because yeah. Because he, he would just be too lazy to even bother reading it. He's too much of a, a con artist and a chancer to actually do any studying, I think. Anyway, doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. He comes in and uh, he, he tortures Ray with, by pulling his ears to find out that they're doing research for da- for Dana. Yeah, this is this is like the, the Three Stooges element of the film. Yeah, and he says, my Dana? And I'm like, didn't you fucking split up with her five years ago? So, <laughs> weird. haven't you moved on? 
Clearly not. Clearly he's still holding a, a flame for her. But it's Sigourney Weaver, so you can't blame him. No, absolutely. I'd be livid if I'd let Sigourney Weaver go five years ago. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, so they go to her apartment. Yeah. And um, Peter sneaks in. And again, we get Bill Murray just doing another bit, which is fun. Yes. I. This whole scene has so many solid jokes and character moments mm. that just kind of get everyone back together and get things kind of working really well. I have a lot of time for it. Especially when uh, Egon says, I'd like to run some gynecological tests on the mother. And he says, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. It's so funny. I, I also like when he asks Peter to get a stool sample and Peter goes, business or personal? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we find out that the reason they split up is that Peter kept introducing Dana as the old ball and chain. Yeah, because he's a husband from the 50s. I don't mm, I don't buy it. But anyway, uh, but we also get Egon saying um, he didn't have any toys when he was a kid. And Ray says, not even a slinky. He says, I had part of a slinky, but I straightened it. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that the entire franchise is missing a young Egon-style spin-off. Yeah. There's just a baby with Harold Ramis's head, like a good foot of hair and massive glasses. And just exploring that world of him straightening slinkies yep. and inspecting his own shit. <laughs> Isn't that sort of what they did in Ghostbusters Afterlife, though? Well, it might as well have been. Yeah. It might as well have been. Ugh, because you just... have the little girl, the Egon, getting directed by a ghost Egon. Yeah. like I, I. But again, I didn't mind that as a concept because it felt different enough from just finding another four mm. funny men. But... <clears throat> like, ugh. It just stopped short of showing the man. Yeah, well, it didn't, though, did it, sadly? No, it should have done, but it yeah. didn't. Ooh. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
Anyway, so the Ghostbusters go to look at where the buggy incident happened. Yeah. And they 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 find like a bit of ooze, so they decide to dig up the street. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of um, very good tactile New York filming in this film, mm. which feels like it doesn't take long for that to kind of start to disappear from films. Yeah. You feel very much all the locations where they are, which is really nice. Well, also, I think it feeds into the fact, which is another reason why I didn't vibe with Afterlife. I feel like New York's part of the character of who they yeah. are in a funny way. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I think that's kind of also feeds into why this score doesn't work quite as well. Mm. Because the first film has got a very, like, it's almost scoring the city rather than individual characters. This feels much more character driven in the way that the melodies kind of come in, which just doesn't quite feel right for it. Yeah, and I think also another part of that is that this is 89, you know, we're leading into the 90s, and the first one's got such a gritty 80s feel to it. It's 84, it's that. Almost yeah. perfect midpoint of that decade, and this is coming out of that decade. And I think that also takes some of the character out of it in, in the wash, if you like. But yeah, no, definitely. Because I was thinking, there's a big thing about New York being gritty and horrible and rude and mm. dirty, but actually, it's probably never looked better on the cinema. Like, yeah, it looks really clean, really tidy. Mm. Like everyone looks to be having an idyllic life. They're just being breaks to each other. No one's getting spunked on from a great height. It's, yeah, that's that absolutely of. what's missing. Yeah. That, well, it's happening. It, yeah. You just have to know it's happening. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, so, so they, they dig up the street and then we get the bit, which is always fun, that you have yes. to have in any kind of 80s comedy where a, a, a person of, um, in this case, a policeman, yes. turns up and our heroes pretend to be workmen. It's true. It's true. But I realised as well, this feels mm. like a deliberate attempt to let them riff a bit in yeah. different characters. Yeah. Like... Because they, they tried to do it the first one and this shot of scene of Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd as two homeless men oh, yeah, in you're the right. park. Mm. And um, it felt very sort of Saturday Night Live and then mm. they got rid of it quite rightly because it would have slowed the film down. Mm. But it feels like a chance to let them do that mm. without kind of taking the story off, off track. Who told you to stop cutting? <laughs> That's what he says. <laughs> he did. Mm. Ziggy, though, is very good. Oh, it's great. It's, it's perfect representation of their characters, isn't it? Because Peter takes the lead, Ray joins yeah. in, and then they say to uh, Egon, "Isn't that right?" And he just goes, "Yo," which <laughs> I enjoy because he, he wouldn't be able to do that voice. No, it's that, it's it's what I, it's the thing that I enjoy about it the most as it being a sequel mm. is it really just picks up all the characters and runs with them quite quickly. Yeah. And and it doesn't let down on that score. Like the it is too similar to the first one, but fundamentally, if you've come to see those characters again, you're not disappointed in yeah. what you're given. Yeah, I think I think those elements are fine, and the plots I think is pretty strong. It's just it's just mm. such a lazy, lazy retread. It's just so annoying. But anyway, meanwhile, Janos is back in the museum, and Vigo's painting comes to life. Yes, now, yeah. voiced by Max von Sydow. Yes, it is. Legend has it that the actor. Did thought they were gonna, it was a bit of a David Prowse situation. He went to the premiere or when he first saw it, thinking, "Here's my big moment," oh, and they've geez. dubbed him with Max von Sydow. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it could it could have been Gilbert Gottfried. So in oh, that sense, he's yeah. probably come out of it better. But if yeah, it wasn't Bernie that's... Clifton, everyone would be like, "What's not Bernie Clifton?" <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Could have been Bernie Clifton. <laughs> Bernie Clifton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that would have done it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh kept doing that. Yeah. I was thinking of the one who's, who kept missing out words. I forgot his name. Never mind. Never mind. I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, it uh, could have been worse, what we're saying. Um, yeah, it could have been worse. But yes, apparently that guy had quite a, an interesting life. I seem to remember reading his IMDb mm. bio a while ago and it just being full of near misses with, with fame and fortune. Yeah. Yes, it's kind of a... There's a sort of sad... There's a couple of sad stories coming out of the cast of Die Hard, really. He was one of them. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so he, he's got the Max, Max von Sydow's voice. I know, river <laughs> of blood. The scourge of Carpathia. There you go. Yeah. That's very good. Thanks. I've yeah. been working on that. You should be in Ghostbusters 3. <laughs> I should be. I should be in Ghostbusters 3. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Vigo needs a child, but not like that. <laughs> they should have had that dialogue in. Yeah. Listen, I need a child. It sounds weird, yeah. but just trust me on this. Just get me the kid. Nothing's nothing's gonna happen. Just so what do you need the child yeah. for? I need to get inside the child. Not <laughs> not like that. <laughs> Listen, in this climate, I know it might sound weird, but this, these are the things I need: a kid. That's it. That's it. <laughs> And preferably a baby. Oh, God. Yeah, but why a baby? Like, know. there is no reason for him, especially when we find out later that he then possesses yes. Ray, Ray, a human grown adult man's body, why he decides to put himself in the body of a one year old yeah. to do what? Shit and eat rusks for. I've got questions, yeah. He <laughs> basically just likes sucking on titties. <laughs> It's absolutely that. Yeah. Listen, I need a baby. Uh, his mum's got to, you know, she's got to be quite well. And don't, just don't worry about it. Just get the baby and we'll deal with the. Trust want, me, it's I all part of the... the baby of Michelle Pfeiffer or Sigourney Weaver. Which one's had a baby? Sigourney <laughs> Weaver. That one, then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So Dirty Craig T. Nelson just wants to... Yeah. Yeah. He wants to put himself <laughs> inside a child. Um, so Ray gets a sample of the ooze. When he's under, the, so we cut back to him dangling under the ground. Now, fans yep. of the Ghostbusters Two computer game will remember this bit very well because the first level of the game is you as Ray dangling on this cable, having nice. to swing left and right and go up and down and not get hit by the slime or the monsters that are down there. Oh, well, I think I remember playing that. It's a yeah, fucking shit game. I hated it so much. <laughs> first game is really fun. Ah, oh, that's terrible. Um, yeah, so he goes down there and he gets this like pink cans start coming out trying to grab him and he accidentally yeah. kicks a pipe that falls onto a power line and well, it causes a city-wide blackout let's not mince words he has a bit of a hissy fit because mm. they're not pulling up quick enough yeah. and instead of just going up calmly he then yeah. starts to flail around yeah so really it's all ray's fault a, na- a 1989 dan Aykroyd flailing around is going to cause significant damage <laughs> 1981 Dan Aykroyd or 1984 Dan Aykroyd you're probably talking a couple of broken bits of mud here and there but absolutely it's like an underground Godzilla (laughs) exactly it's like watching Augustus Gloop again just going back up that chute oh god (laughs) you mean up the chocolate chute (laughs) well I didn't want to say it but yes Mm. absolutely (laughs) so they get taken they're arrested and they go to court yeah. Uh, the judge is really angry. He's a very cross man. Yeah. 
And he, um, got, he goes very quickly to talking about being burning people at the stake. That's right. Which is not what you want from someone in the legal profession. Not really. And also, <clears throat> the Ghostbusters have decided to appoint an accountant as their lawyer <laughs> for comedy yeah. purposes. Yeah. I mean, it's a very funny scene. But again, it, it, just, it just speaks to me of the fact that they don't really have a job for Lewis in this film. So they've made well, him one. Yeah, I'd have been quite content if it was just this. Mm. Yeah. Like, he just turns up for this because they don't have anyone else that will that is prepared to defend them. Yeah. And then he's gone again. It's just mm. a nice little cameo. Yes. But, but yeah, it's a very funny scene. And it's it leads good. into what I think is potentially one of the best Ghostbusters sequences yeah. ever put on film. You mean the Scolari brothers? The Scolari brothers? Yeah. Oh, I love everything about it. I gave them the chair. <laughs> Yeah. Do something! It's like, oh, you've changed your tune two minutes ago. You were going to burn them at the stake. Well, that's the theme of this film, isn't it? Well, <laughs> ghost rubbish, don't believe you. Girl, get me the Ghostbusters. <laughs> um, it's, it's not so much New York being evil or mean to each other, it's just being fucking hypocritical when it suits them. Yeah. So, ah, do you know what? Ghost doings this. You can have your license back, but then give it give it a week and then it, they're gone again. I like the way there, without realising it, you've played it as Reese Shearsmith. Yeah, that's yeah. my go-to voice. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> that's what that's what it should have been. Mm. Listen, guys, I'm not doing this. It's fucking shit. Get out. <laughs> you imagine him as a Ghostbuster. Yeah, I don't. Want, I don't. Want to, I, I don't want to say too much because I, I I get the impression with Rishi Smith, he's a bit like the, the the angry candy man. If you say his name, he'll just appear <laughs> and say "fuck yeah. off." <laughs> so, I think he would. Yeah, I don't think he would take too kindly to that. Plus but Jeff Tips as a Ghostbuster would be oh my God. would be the only way to go with Ghostbusters God. If 7 you, now. If someone it. could replace all the scenes of Lewis Tully wandering around with Jeff Tips and do the bit where he goes to London for the first time, oh, be <laughs> in absolute heaven. That would work. That would be. So, and also, if at the moment the ghost came out, he just went, you haven't got this gun, don't you? <laughs> or he goes to Janine, I've got to go. Ghostbusters are faxing me some emails. <laughs> yeah, talking about being bummed by some bin there. <laughs> you heard what happened to the Scolari brothers, didn't you? <laughs> I'll, I'll never stop laughing at that joke that, that, that he he's terrified when when Jeff comes around because he's scared yeah. of bin bin. Yeah. They go in, his house is full of bin bags, but they never explain why. And then when he mentions about Brian got bummed by loads of bin men, you're like, oh yeah. my God, he's hoarding bin bags because he's terrified of the bin men. Such yeah. a genius joke. Anyway. And also there's a, a long-running mm. joke that the, the only reason he thinks Brian is gay is because he wore a pink tie once. Oh, that's right, yeah. I love Jeff Tips. I'd have loved the... That, you know that the third series of League of Gentlemen was obviously mm. episodic. Um, yeah, their own little tales, the unexpected type things. I'd love it if, in the old style of old comedies, if one of them was just picked up for its own series. And I'd love Jeff Tips just yeah. in London as its own series. It would have been so good. Because <laughs> I just love yeah. that character. It's one of my favourite comedy characters. It's up there with Partridge for me. It's just so layered yeah. and, and angry. Just It's like p- pure, it's like if they pure uncut Reese Shearsmith in one character. Yeah, it yeah. is. And I think it's what really works about the. Moving on to another film, The League of Gentlemen's Apocalypse. Yes. Just letting him work as a as a fully rounded comedy person is very funny. Adore him. Uh, anyway, so the Scolari brothers, as you say, really good because it's it's a kind of a, a non egregious combination of the cartoon and the films because the, they're very cartoony like ghosts, but they really work. Yeah, I remember finding it quite unsettling as a kid. I bet. Yeah. 
It was, um, and it's just, but also just that thing of which I think Dan Aykroyd in particular was probably very good at was grounding a lot of his ghosts and a lot of the mythology around it in things that felt quite real. Yeah. So just the very fact that they were actual murderers that then got electrocuted just gives it a slightly darker tinge. Yeah, and they're a bit like the the, the other ghosts from Casper the Ghost, aren't they? They're a bit one's fat, one's thin, and <laughs> um, which he's which also in. Ri- He's here. Yeah. I who, can't believe that. Who are you going to call? Someone else. Dan Aykroyd. He's got a moustache in it. It looks like Jeff yeah, Tips. Got... <laughs> 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 yeah. Listen, I'm not managed to get rid of the ghosts, but it doesn't matter. All right? Put a blanket over him. It'll be fine. <laughs> I won the mums. <laughs> well, I'm here doing some crystal egg vodka. Trust me. It's great. I'm not pissed in it. <laughs> For a while, I mean, for a while now, Dan Aykroyd, every time I see him on something, he's just there yeah. going, ah, UFOs are real, ghosts are real, buy vodka. That's his thing now. <laughs> and let's make another Ghostbusters film. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I'm not even convinced that his heart is in making more Ghostbusters. No. No. But it's obviously quite nice to still be appearing in them. Well, yeah. Because it got to the point where he was like going, right, Ghostbusters 3 is this film, we all go to hell. And then it was eventually, he'd been sort of, he'd been wound down so much, he was eventually like, we're going to pass the torch off to Ben Stiller. Yeah. And now it's like, you're going to be in it. Okay, fine, good. Yeah, yeah. It's the only way to keep quality control of it. I say that, that hasn't turned out to be the case. No. But yeah, it's... Anyway, so Sklari Brothers then. They they yeah. go mad around the court. You get that lovely uh, effect of the lady being obviously on a wire, but she goes through a solid door, which is very yeah. Good. That's that's really lovely done. Also wearing stockings, which feels like a, a staple of eighties comedies. Yeah, yeah. wanking men directors everywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. That. that. Or bloomers. If she, if you're over a certain age, you have to be bloomers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, you're either Molly Sugden or Sigourney Weaver. Not anything in the middle. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I say to myself when I look in the mirror every morning. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they bust them. They bust the Scolari brothers because all their gears on the table as evidence. Yeah, two in the uh, box, ready to go. This I hate this. It's like they've practised this. They were like in jail. Like If we do get a chance to bust a ghost, do you think we should say this? Uh, yeah, I know, but I I like it. You like I like it. it. Two in the box, ready like to go. It... We be fast, they be slow. It feels like something they've said a lot when they've been busting ghosts before they lost their jobs, mm. and they they brought it back. It's like their own little shorthand. I like it. Do you get the impression like... though? Mm. Go on. No, go on. I was going to say I also like the Dore Egon joke. Oh yeah, that's good. It's absolutely solid. That's from the first film, isn't it? No, it's from this. One. Oh no, since this one, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. But what were you going to say? I was going to say, do you, do you get the? I always get this thing knowing because I know that Bill Murray didn't want to do this. Yeah. So I always get the feeling that he's just like not his heart is not in it at all. And yeah. You, you can I'm, tell because when they get chance to get covered in goop and slime layer, he's just like, nah, you're all right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Make yeah. sure that that doesn't happen. Yeah. I don't yeah, want anywhere a, near me. There's a definite feeling that he's not quite feeling it but then that said i also think this one gives him a a, a couple of different colors to play it and he does it quite well yeah he's great i mean he's always great um and this is the thing i've got with this film right is that mm. i dislike what they did what the choices they made 
I like a lot of elements of it, and I do find it very, it's a comfort film. Like if I've got it on, yeah. everything feels nice in the world. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But I just, I, I just wish it was better. I wish they'd have, they've, I wish they'd have done more with it. Yeah, I think so. It, yeah, they could have broadened out some of the, the world and, yeah, some but of that's the. That's it because the first one's just bursting at the seams with creativity. Yeah. And this is like, well, we don't want to go beyond that. We've already established it. But you could have done so much more with it. It's true, yeah. They don't seem to kind of expand much in terms of the specifics. Yeah, I get that. I but I think there was a general theme of sequels around the time. It was just uh, like Home Alone 2, for instance, exactly the same film as the first one, and Die yeah. Hard 2, and et cetera, et cetera. But what it has in its favour, which the more recent Ghostbusters don't, and even Ghostbusters 2016, mm. is just that constant need to remind you of the first one. Yeah. Like, it's quite, it's quite good at just leaving things as they were yeah. in terms of like not it, the thing that really got me with Afterlife was the moment where um, Egon's granddaughter pulled out a Nestle crunch bar oh my and it God, was like yeah. a moment of emotion it's just <laughs> the fuck fucking off. it's just nonsense it's, it, there's a bit in the trailer for the new one as well where Venkman comes around the corner and he's wearing the red jacket from the first one and he's like hey everybody and he's like why does he have to be wearing the red jacket from a 40 year old film yeah, it's just there's a real horrible need to just remind you of every facet of an old. Yeah, I'd thing. forgotten about the the crunch bars. Like that's one second of a moment from the first film. Yeah, and it's a lovely touch in the first film that just gives mm. it a bit of character. It's a beautiful moment you've earned. But this. no one's mm. no one's like desperate. Like no one's gonna be like, oh, do you remember when Grandad used to eat all of these fucking crunch bars every time he drill a hole in his head? Worse than that, it's like he's gone. That's a beautiful thing from Peter Eggman. I'm going to keep that forever. <laughs> he collects he collects mold, you know, spores, molds, and fungus, and necessarily yeah. crunch bars by the looks of it. <laughs> that's exactly what. Yeah, it just doesn't throw things away. That's his problem. He's a hoarder. Imagine if they were like, "Oh, we found this beautiful Nestle crunch bar," and they found a log, and it's like, "I've been putting this bar up my ass for forty years." <laughs> Peter gave it to me. I can't tell him, but that's what I've been doing. He's the only person that's ever praised me. <laughs> yeah, I think so. He's gonna. There's something more going on with that crunch bar. If he's keeping hold of it that long, oh. it's gone places. It's seen things. Also, I don't like the idea of Egon fucking and having a baby. I feel like out yeah. of all the Ghostbusters, he's the one that would have a baby least, if that makes sense. Yeah, and it, it really undersells the character of Janine, who's still hanging around, sorting out his shit for him. Yeah. Why wouldn't she like go off and be with someone that makes her happy? She's oh, she's with she's Lewis a... in this one. Well, yeah, to ready him? to have a baby. Yeah, with very little prompt. Fucking ready to do anything with him. Fucking piss <laughs> on him. Pull out his teeth. <laughs> that's the list she gave him. Yeah, listen, that's what we're doing. We're pissing first, and then we're gonna play. <laughs> So we get we get another montage. I, I reckon if you lined up the two films, it's probably the exact same time code. It is. It and it's is. the same fucking thing. It's another montage of them busting ghosts. Because now it suddenly there, are, there weren't any ghosts before, but now there's fucking loads of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. These, these things that people all collectively yeah. agree didn't exist anymore mm-hmm. are now suddenly back. Yeah. Suddenly there's, there's the jogger, there's the Jim Mix jogger. He was a famous... Jogger who died of a heart attack, and everyone thought it was funny. Oh, really? Yeah, it's it's based on a real story, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, There's the antiques that are floating. Yeah. 
They use lasers with that. Don't know what that's about. I'll... Looks fun, though. I like that. Yeah. It does look fun. And there's mm. something about um, Peter wearing sunglasses yeah. and the, the new grey jumpsuits. I like the grey just... jumpsuits. It's just the logo. I know. I do get the logo. I do get the logo. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. I In the world it's like of the film, they're second saying... second chance. Oh, yeah. Or well, they're just saying but... peace. Yeah. Uh... It's true. It's But it's, you know, every company has a shitty rebrand at some point. There should have been a it's scene. Like when Cocoa Pops became Choco Krispies. Well, exactly. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Sugar Puffs are now just called Honey Monster or something. <laughs> honey Monster. Honey Monster. Yeah, Honey Monster Puffs or something. Yeah. It's, yeah. And he says, Weird. I'm not a puff. <laughs> Even though I did live with Henry McGee for a long time, but he was Macara. <laughs> Unnecessarily defensive. <laughs> You're a breakfast sale. I know, but I've got a reputation. <laughs> no one doesn't go Tony the Tiger, do they? They say, oh, it's fucking great with him. Oh, but with Tiger. me, it's all. Tony the Tiger didn't live with Henry McGee. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, Tony the Tiger didn't live in the same house as Henry McGee and had to get tidied up after by Henry McGee. <laughs> it's no coincidence that when Henry McGee died, Tony Monster's nowhere. No, well, yeah. Yeah. Taking that inheritance in his room with it. Got put in a home. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there should have been a scene where they were like, hey, you know, uh, hey, I'm an 80s branding man. Hey, Ghostbusters, you're back. How about a rebrand? Yeah. How about up this logo? And they look at it and it's the two and they go, no. That would have been a really good scene. Yeah, that would have been good, actually. Yeah, I agree with that. But no, they're having to wear it with no explanation at all. And we get in the, in the montage, we get a section of a, a scene that was deleted. Where the car's going really fast. Yes, because Ray's been possessed. possessed. Which we get later on, but it stops there. But in the, apparently in the original cut, he was possessed yeah. for longer. Yes, apparently so. Yeah. Um, which feels like it does kind of need that. Mm. Just into, for that sort of storyline, it feels like it just needs a little bit more than him staring gormously at the camera. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so after the montage, uh, Ray and Egon show off that they've made the slime happy. By yeah. fucking it? Question mark? Yeah. Do not... Yeah. Do they not question it. They slept That's with exactly it. what they've done. Yeah. Egon's poured it in a toaster, stuck his dick in it, and... <laughs> and then called it science. <laughs> which which feels like something any of us would have done if, if Janine had walked in and was fucking a toaster. Yeah, but, absolutely. Honestly, it, trust me, there's a, an experiment that's going on here. It's not what it looks like. It's just that I came in last night and you were feeding it up Ray's asshole. <laughs> it mm. it feels like the the ghost blowjob of the first one was a, a slippy slope. Now I've got this as a note them. later. Yeah, 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 yeah. I definitely I think yeah. Ray Ray can now only get off if he thinks of a ghost sucking his dick. <laughs> you know, and I think you would. I think if you had that because in the in the first one it's a dream. But we do yeah. know it was a real scene, wasn't it? Where they were in a, they had to spend the night yeah. in a fort. Yes, yes, it was. And a ghost went, which one of these would I suck the dick off? I know, Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Yeah. And he's the and... writer, by the way. <laughs> yeah, funny that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm. it explains why he keeps turning up at haunted houses and just lying naked on top of the bed. <laughs> <laughs> so the toaster, they make the toaster dance to Jackie they Wilson. Do. Yeah. Which is another bit Which, of foreshadowing. It is, mm. and it's nicely done, and it's a nice, playful moment. Mm. I do worry that at some point in these new Ghostbusters sequels, we're going to get 
50 CGI miniature dancing toasters yeah. nobbing around all over the place like minions. With no and explanations, yeah, because now we've got loads of state mini stay puffs like minions. Yeah, which as as a one-off scene, I was fine with the idea that they're just going to come back every film. Mm. And yeah, I have, oh, there's no need. There's no need. <sighs> no, no. So then one night, the slime, the slime, sorry, invades uh, Dana's bath when she's about yeah. to bath Oscar. Yeah, and it's always lived with me how weird and plasticky the bath looks. In that bit kind of wobbles about. Yeah. Um, so she goes to see Peter. As yeah, you would. that's where you'd go. And, yeah. they, and he starts flirting with her again. And he puts Oscar in a big jumper. He doesn't fucking give it a moment's breath, does he? No. From her coming in with the baby crying and her out of her mind with fear. Mm. And he's like straight to, listen, let's just get down to it. Mm. Good yeah. old Peter. Yeah, come on, let's have it off again. Yeah, he's a scamp. Play it like that. Come on, let's let's have it off. Come on. (laughs) I'm terrified, Peter. Just drop him. Come on. (laughs) Put the fucking baby down and get on the bed. (laughs) (laughs) So then the next day they go to the museum and we get the great line that was in all the trailers. Suck it in guts with suck it in guys with the Ghostbusters. Yes. No, sorry. Suck in the guts guys. Where they go? The guts guys. I do like I like the fact that they're all slightly out of shape, middle aged men. It's great, and they also all go. It's very good. It's a good joke. Yeah, it is solid. (laughs) And And Ray gets taken over by Vigo's painting. He does, yeah. Which again, it just feels like there's just not enough of it there. Mm. Like it's a nice idea, but again, why is he trying to invade a child's body when he clearly can possess a grown man? When he can easily possess a man who wants to fuck a ghost again. (laughs) All I want to do is fuck a ghost again. And it's the perfect combination because Ray wants to be penetrated by a ghost. Mm-hmm. So between the two of them, it would have worked out fine. Oh, John, John, I, want to, I want to have sex with John Vigo. Big break. <laughs> Jim Davison and John Vigo. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I think we've saved ourselves uh, a scene where Ray's been m- mounted by evil Craig T. Nelson. Yeah. Part as many balls as you can. That'd be a good one. <laughs> 